0: two, kickers are extra, I give them the boo, ooh, going for two, sit back, relax, while I grab me a brew, ooh, Smurf. now I'm reclining, I put in my time and I'm ready to go, my line is aligning and much more, my my lineups, my bank account grow, I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with, ooh, listen to this, multiple options, how far can I get, ooh, DFS dynasty, redress, and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of a alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or cave in the bottom or hitting that top and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping. And this is the young yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 311 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 Of course, we are live every Wednesday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And, of course, syndicated on all major podcast networks. Uh, We are, of course, on the Going For Two live podcast network where you can follow all of our great shows. We have a show literally every night of the week. Uh, so make sure you check them out, uh, you know, just go there to the YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash at going for two live and subscribe. Hit that like button while you're there. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, technical Difficulty himself, Ryan Sierfoss. What's up, man?
2: Uh, full bars. I think you're just making stuff up. <laughs> None of that's
1: true. We shall see how it uh, is, how the show I'm, goes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm just glad I'm not sick this week and suffering through a show. So that's cool. I can
1: drink beer and be happy. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Joining us tonight. uh, He's been on the show before. Uh, This is his second time. I think last time he was on was like 2021, I believe, a couple years ago. Uh, Mr. John Hesterman. uh, He's an expert ranker and writer at Fantasy Pros. Also a writer at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Hesterman. What's up, John?
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? Glad to be back.
1: Absolutely. Hey, glad man. you're here, man. Yeah, glad to have you back on the show, man. Uh, so real quick, for my, for my listeners out there, kind of give us a rundown of what you do at Fantasy Pros and what you do over at, at DLF.
3: Uh, in season for Fantasy Pros, I do a lot of DFS work. Um, I write a weekly article there for, for DFS stuff and obviously the, the rankings. Uh, for Dynasty League football, uh, during the season. The off- Season is my busy season, so I'm watching film, breaking down rookies. Where we got the combine coming up, we're going to be hitting hard and heavy uh, during that, so we can, uh, you know, get out the most current information based on combine results and get that out. So I'll be I'll be gearing ramping it up here real quick in the next week or two.
1: Good stuff. And uh, and Robbie joins us. Breed love gaming. He's uh he's giving me a hard time because I'm actually on the clock uh on our startup dynasty draft right now. Uh, I told John I was doing some trades pre pre show here, and I wasn't able to pull the trade off. So I told the guys going to have to wait until after the show. Uh, so that pick is actually up for trade, Robbie. That's why uh, I haven't made my selection yet. So uh, hang tight, and that'll get made after the show.
2: Wow,
3: just just making people wait. Just, okay, you know. <laughs> I was no, trying I think to. think it's the other side of that. I mean, dudes, uh, you know, hopping in the YouTube comments while he's live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, dude i i i did it to somebody in
2: our comments while I was recording. I saw somebody in our comments was up, Jamie, who's a big fan, of the <laughs> the friend of the show, and told him to pick. So I understand. <laughs> T- tell me, we're not all degenerates, okay? Yes,
1: yes, we are. Just we are. Tell me.
2: <laughs> oh no, we're all super degenerates.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we are. We are drafting. I, I felt in bad because I was in
2: a best ball and I was driving today. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, uh all right, let's let's uh, let's get to, uh, let's pay some bills here first. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their industry leading best ball leagues, as Ryan just mentioned. Uh, they have huge tournaments, private leagues, and pick them for every major sport. Uh, sign up with our promo code using GF2 and get a deposit match up to $100. It's as simple as that. Sign up, use promo code GF2, and you can start drafting your best ball teams. Uh, we got a great show today. We brought John on. We're going to talk about some uh, some ADP, some startup stuff that's going on right now. We got a little bit of this or that. We're going to do. Uh, then we're actually going to look at a live, currently going on right now, Dynasty Startup Draft uh, Superflex League that we're going to kind of break down round by round and kind of give us our favorite picks of each round. Uh, but first, as always, we kick it off with our nonsense draft. Attention, everyone. Let's mock draft. All right, today we are drafting albums that we'd want to listen to exclusively for the rest of your life. So basically you're going to get three albums, and those are the only three albums you can listen to for the rest of your life. Uh, and uh, John, you have the first pick as usual with the guests, so you uh, go ahead and give us your 101 here for, uh, for albums.
3: This one was actually pretty easy for me. I thought this would be more complicated when I saw it on the sheet, and uh, it took me zero, zero time. Um Chains, Unplugged. Um, front to back solid Allison Chains with that intimate feel without sacrificing the, the gritty nature of the music itself there's not a skippable track on that on that record that's that's my 101
1: great choice great choice yeah I was I was going through a bunch of albums too and I I, I listened to all kinds of music so it was very hard for me to narrow things down but uh, that was on my list as well Ryan what you got for the 102 um I
2: am taking enter the wu-tang clan 36 nice. chambers nice just classics top to bottom even their own remixes they put on it are perfect like everything dude you get nine people it's gonna last there's at least 12 just bangers
3: they can put you in any mood
1: absolutely i love wu-tang i love i still do to, to this day totally agree yeah that's yeah. that's protect a great your
3: neck baby protect your neck love great it.
1: great pick great pick all right, so I had a hard time with my my first pick because I love all the albums that I have on my list here. So I had to come up with my very first one, and this one I kind of figured wouldn't uh, wouldn't be taken. Uh, so I'm a huge, huge reggae fan. I listen to a lot of new reggae, Hawaiian reggae, California reggae, a bunch of reggae. But the very first album that I ever listened to uh, was the, it's still one of the, the highest-selling uh, reggae albums ever, uh, and that is Bob Marley, Legend. That basically has all of his hits on it. It's a, a tremendous album. I listened to that thing all the time in my car way back in the uh, early high school days. And uh, that kind of got me hooked on reggae in general. And ever since then, I've been a huge, huge fan of, of reggae. So Bob Marley for me. I mean, this guy literally, he he died the year I was born. And, and years later, his albums are still selling, which is in, insane to think. But uh, I'm going Bob Marley here. It'd be, it would be my 101 had I had the 101 there as
3: well. All right, John, back to you with the 104. This one's going to be maybe a little bit more obscure. I don't think a lot of people are going to know this. Um, uh, Demon Hunter, a thrash metal band from California. Uh, they have an album called The Trip Ditch. It's just ka-chunk heavy metal, big chunky riffs, gorgeous vocal melodies in between the screaming, and that sweet, sweet double bass. I'm a sucker for that double bass on the drums. It just gets me going. I love it. add some of the syncopated riffs in there, and it's just, it's hard, fast, heavy. I love it.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's definitely not one that I know of. I'm not familiar with that one at all, but it sounds like a good one. You may, you may
2: even want to listen to it, though.
1: Yeah, the definitely. The way he sold it, yeah. On. He it's, definitely sold it. <laughs> it's it's yeah, good you, you, stuff. He can tell your They better guy. reach out
3: to me on Twitter because I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm now pimping for him. So. Exactly,
1: exactly. You're the hype man now. All right, Ryan, you got the 105.
2: Shout out to Jamie. I'm watching that show, too. It's pretty good. I'm a couple episodes behind, though. Um... I'm completely changing it up here. I was torn between which one of his albums I'm going with, but I'm going Eric Church, uh, Chief. Just straight classic for country, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite artists. I'm excited I could see him this summer for the first time. Nice. So, going with Eric Church.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, I I knew when I put these albums down here that we would all have different tastes in music, and I thought this would be very interesting to do. uh, Because once again, I'm going to go a different route here. So this this album came out on a day that literally every American should know and remember, uh, not for the, a good thing. Uh, but I do remember where I was when I got this album, and I remember what happened when I got home after buying the album. I woke up early in the morning, drove to the mall. I'm in North Carolina with my, my girlfriend at the time. Drove to the mall, pick up the album, uh, and it's uh, Jay-Z's The Blueprint and then I got home, oh, got God. home, and, uh, and I saw the planes had crashed into the towers and into the Pentagon, uh, and and you know that was just a, a crazy time in general. But uh, that album, every time I hear that album, I kind of think back on that time and how that kind of became like a a, a soundtrack of of that time frame for me. So. Uh, I do think that that's probably his second best album. I think the Black Album was a better album, but I think the time frame and when that came out, I think was 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 kind of sold it for me on the Blueprint.
2: And it was like it was like his first like true classic.
1: Yeah,
3: it really was. Like
2: it's it, it like said press I I probably prefer the Black Album a little bit too, but
3: it was it was a classic. It was so good. Yep, agreed. And the timing of it, like you said, you know, like music has that effect. Like you can correlate that with what's going on. You know at the time and so yeah between and i agree about the black album but uh but yeah you can't go wrong with that when it's tied in with you know the turmoil and everything else that was going on at the time i kind of i kind of i kind of low-key dig that pick yep good stuff
1: all right uh john you got your last pick here what you got
3: evanescence fallen their debut album nice incredible start to finish i think it came out in 2003 i want to say or right around there And easily my favorite album uh, that came out that year. Uh, I tore it up. I still listen to it Um, from the first song to the last. You're just captivated by the songwriting, the music, her voice. It's incredible. Yeah, the
1: the sound was definitely unique at that time too. sort of the the, the clashing of two different genres and and just the way that it was overall put together was definitely unique. And that was definitely a really good album. Good stuff. All right, Ryan, what you got for your uh, your last album here?
2: uh i'm gonna bring myself back just like pure like out my high like intermediate school like seventh through like tenth grade to like what a what i would love to listen to and we're gonna i'm gonna blink 182 and i'm out
1: of the state nice i love that album. i feel like i got i got three
2: completely separate album like yep. genres of music to keep me kind of occupied with those
1: absolutely so i'm happy yeah, yeah. Good stuff. And now I'm going to go the same route here with uh, a completely different album. So I went, uh, you know, Bob Marley with my first pick. I went Jay-Z with my second pick. Uh, My third pick, I remember uh, where I was when I was listening to this album, too. Uh, I was actually working at Toys R Us as a manager at the time, and I was working at the Richmond, uh, Virginia location doing a remodel. And I had my headphones in constantly playing this album. And I remember everybody that was working at the time kept asking me what I was listening to, and I kept telling them. And at that time, they didn't know who she was. They were like, who is that? Who is that? Uh, and then she went on to win 13 Grammys for that album. And I think it's still a, a record. Avril Lavigne? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Hill and the Miseducation of Lauren Hill was the album. Uh, won 13, won 13 uh, Grammys and then basically kind of fell off the map after that. But that album, every song on that album was was awesome. Like I said, she won so many Grammys, so many awards. Um, And ironically, I ended up marrying one of the Marlies, which was my first pick. Uh, And is now has like, I think, eight or nine kids and lives in, I think, somewhere in uh, Pennsylvania. But that album was awesome. Uh, And like I said, at at that time when I was listening to it, no one even knew who she was. I knew her from the Fugees, but, you know, they were, you know, she kind of went off and did her separate own thing. And no one knew who Lauren Hill was at that time. But uh, that is definitely my my final pick there. So uh, great stuff, guys. That was a, a... uh, something i kind of stole from gladys i don't know if y'all if you watched uh, gladys's show ryan this past thursday she did the same thing she did albums and i kind of stole that idea from her because i there she did a, a five round pick and it was pretty awesome so i decided to go with the albums this time all right let's get into some football stuff here let's do some uh, this this or that it's time for this or that All right, this or that's ADP edition. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give you two players from the same position and give you their current startup ADP, uh, and you're going to tell me which player you prefer at that ADP. And I'll go to you first on this first one here, John. It is uh, Brees Hall, currently the RB3 eighth overall, versus Najee Harris, who is RB8 and 21st overall. Uh, if you had your pick between those two guys at their current ADP, which one you going with and why?
3: So I want to start by saying something that I kind of mentioned before we, we went live is that all of these are really, really difficult. Okay. Um, so it took me some thinking on this one. And, and in the end, I'm kind of, I'm chasing volume. Volume is king for running backs. Uh, we've seen the kind of volume that Najee commands when he's healthy and when he's ready to go. He really came on strong in the second half of the season from week 10 on. He was the RB7, had the third most attempts among running backs during that stretch. I'm willing to take the slightly cheaper cost there for the volume that I know Harris is going to bring because we know how the Steelers are going to operate. They're going to run the dang ball, and they're going to run it often. And I think the Jets are still, there's an identity crisis for how the offense is going to operate. So I'm going to lean the cheaper guaranteed volume and i'm going to take harris there
1: i like it that's i like it and and ryan i want to i want to get your opinion on this one too because i think you had Najee harris last week as one of your uh one of your guys that's being kind of disrespected as far as his adp currently yeah uh, so it's
2: it's valued as adp it's funny i have him ranked rb nice I'm one spot i have right now for that he's says pretty damn close but it's 41, he feels like a lot, I'm a lot more confident with it. Like, I think Brees has a high overall Najee, I know exactly what I'm getting. Like, worst case scenario was this past year, and he had 240 plus touches. Like, it's crazy. Like, I know we're going to get that out of him, and that offense is going to improve another year, pick it under center, the offensive line can't get any worse. Like, there's a lot to like there. I think he's a value at this moment in time.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you both as well I would take the discount and, and get Najee Harris uh, 21st and, overall And not
2: coming off a, and not coming off a knee Not coming off a knee injury at uh, Pick right. three, that's exactly. a scary
1: tale Exactly, and I think that offense does get better I think Pickett another year in that offense And you got uh, George Pickens there as well I think that's going to be a, a decent offense And I think Najee Harris, what we saw at the second half of last year We'll see, I think, at the beginning of next year To start the season So uh, I'm with you both on that all right, Ryan, this next one, I'll go to you first. Um, this one, uh, Jalen Waddle, who's currently wide receiver five and sixth overall. Uh, obviously, a one quarterback league for these ones uh, versus Devonta Smith, who's wide receiver 14 and 23rd overall. I picked these two guys because they're the they're the quote unquote receiver two on their own teams. Uh, so who do you like here, Ryan?
2: OK, uh, this is super hard like this. This one, I think, is one of the more difficult, most difficult ones you put up here because I love both players. Um, I'm going with Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle is an absolute superstar. And I think they both are. But like, I think Waddle just has that it factor with it. That offense is built for passing all the time and often. Philly's still going to have a pretty heavy run game. And the way Devontae get, Smith gets his points is inconsistent chunks compared to Waddle's more consistent chunks even though it's kind of weird, but you know he's getting those deep targets every single game and he has a lot he has more opportunities that I feel uncomfortable about. But it it's close, man. They're, that's a value I think Vante sends the value, but
3: I love Waddle.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I think both of these are really close. Uh what you got for this one, John?
3: Yeah, and to echo what Ryan said, I mean this is this is a really tough one for me. I had to really really think about this. And when you break it down, I mean like you mentioned Both players are technically the wide receiver twos in their team. They're both really talented, got the alphas in front of them. And what makes them even closer is when you look at where they finished last year, um, they finished as Waddle as wide receiver eight and Smith as wide receiver nine, respectively. On a point-per-game basis, they were separated by 0.2 PPR points per game. Wow. So, again, in this case, I'm going to take the discount. I'm going to take the slightly cheaper one here and roll with Devonta Smith. But... If this was cost agnostic, I would probably be leaning Waddle. I just think he's got a little bit more explosiveness. He's got that deep threat ability at any time. Um, But in this scenario, I'm going to take the discount for the the almost identical production. The one thing I will say to your point, which I didn't realize they're that close,
2: is we saw devonta smith do it in a perfect offense with a quarterback who was absolutely clicking this year we saw Jalen waddle do this with a hodgepodge of qbs concussions and no real consistency if they get that quarterback situation locked down and figured out i think he has wide receiver one overall potential at some point yeah maybe not consistently year after year but i think he can put it out those numbers in the season yeah. yeah, and I don't think I don't think Smith can do that. Like I'm going with the guy who I think could be the one overall in his position.
1: Yeah, that was gonna be kind of my type. Yeah, my my kind of tiebreaker was was uh, looking at the receiver ones on those two teams and we got AJ Brown and of course Tyreek Hill. And I mean, I, they're both great. And they're both great. I just think AJ Brown's a little bit younger, has a little bit more years under him. I do think Waddle eventually becomes the receiver one on that team. I don't know if the Smith ever does if AJ Brown stays there. I think he stays number two. Um, So Waddle could eventually surpass Tyreek Hill as the number one there. So I'll I'll go Waddle there at the wide receiver five, Uh, but it's close. Like John said, I mean, you can go either way and, and, and be happy with either one of those two guys. All right, let's look at some tight ends. And for this, for the sake of this, we'll do this as a tight end premium. Uh so Kyle Pitts, and I'll go to you first, John, Kyle Pitts as the tight end one currently, uh eighteenth overall, or to take the tight end six at seventy-fourth overall, Mr. Dallas Goddard. Which one do you like out of those two?
3: Did the side come across? Is that audible? Everybody heard that? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I, I think it
2: could have been a little I think it could have been a little bigger.
3: Okay. Okay. I'll try a little <laughs> bit harder. Um Look, I'm a sucker for an overly athletic tight end. Uh, Cough, cough. OJ Howard, cough, cough. Um, I'd like to pretend that I would be smart with my draft capital here. And in a non-tight end premium league, I could probably withstand the temptation. But when you mix the tight end premium, the positional scarcity, I can see me talking myself into taking Kyle Pitts And then being really pissed off at myself by the third week in September. (laughs) I I love the self-awareness in this.
2: (laughs) I I love the (laughs) self-awareness.
1: Just being honest. Good stuff. What about you, Ryan? What are you going with here? Oh, I'm going with
2: Goddard. There's zero chance in hell I'm taking him at 18. (laughs) Uh, Between Eckler, Olave, Metcalf, Harris, Adams, Devontae Smith are all after him. Drake London, I'd probably take after him. Mark Andrews, even I think about because he's he's more consistent when he has a quarterback. Like I probably go about ten. 15, I'd probably go to ten players who get drafted after him before him. Like I'm not sniffing him at 18. I thought it was bad last year when he was at 10. He's yeah. still 18 after a year of terrible production. And this team's a mess. We don't know who the quarterback is. We know nothing. I'm I'm good. Hard
1: pass. Yeah, Jamie's saying, I like Goddard. Jamie's saying he's passing on both and going with the he, Joku. Of course, the the Browns he, fan would say yeah, that. The,
2: yeah, <laughs> his, his, Bra- his Browns fandom show. Come on, dude.
1: Take off that hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm going Goddard as well. I do think I like the discount there. I love Pitts, and I do think that if it wasn't 18th overall, if he's tight end one, but he's more like 24th, 25th overall, maybe I'm doing it. But 18th is a little bit steep for me, I think. I do think I'm going to take Dallas Goddard in that big discount there.
3: That's why I prefaced everything I said with saying that I'm a huge sucker for an overlay <laughs> athletic tight end and referenced OJ Howard because yep. I've made mistakes at this position and I'm just a sucker for it and I keep coming back.
1: Absolutely. And I, I've I've I'm drafted a... in my league, i drafted Kyle Pitts and OJ Howard as well. I have I have both of them in, in my leagues.
2: I'm very anti tight end and let tight end fly, so All
1: right, let's, let's move to the running backs here, Ryan. Uh, and I'm taking these two guys that are pretty similar as far as their volume and the the kind of way that they're used. Uh, Jonathan Taylor as the RB1 fifth overall versus Derrick Henry, a little bit older, as the RB14 and 41st overall. I want to
2: say that value on Derrick Henry is stupid. Like, it's absolutely insane. He's going to outproduce everybody being picked around him. But i am telling Jonathan Taylor there Like he's 23 We know what he he can do He has lots of good football Ahead of him That wall for Derek Henry is going to come I don't know if it's going to be this year I don't know if it's going to be next year But it's going to come hard And Jonathan Taylor's is a pure stud This team is another one If they can get their quarterback situation figured out Which they seem pretty inclined to do And they're looking around for That could change
1: Yeah is is he your is he your current RB one, or would you put anybody up mm-hmm. above him, yes. including including Bijan? Would would Bijan be above uh, Jonathan Taylor? D-
2: no, uh, Jonathan Taylor's still my
1: one. Still your one? Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bijan's at six, with possibility to move up.
1: Okay, Very we'll enough. That. All right, John, what you got for this one? Uh, you got JT at RB one, fifth overall, or Derek Henry fourteen RB fourteen, forty first overall.
3: So. Both these guys have the potential for an RB1, like an overall RB1 finish in the range of outcomes. Uh, we're aware of that. And one comes at a significant discount due to age, mileage on the tires, so to speak. If this was redraft, um, I'm taking the discount. But in Dynasty, you're building for next year and the year after and the year after. So I'm going to pay up in this case, and I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Um I just I want to build for a couple of years on the road, not just right now. And like Ryan said, that wall is coming. Um, he might be an injury away from it. We don't know. He's got plenty of wear and tear on it. So I'm 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 going to go with the younger guy, the guy that has a few years left that I can still get trade value for after this season if I so choose. Yep. I like so I'm it. going JT there.
1: I like it. Um. So I'm on the opposite side of the fence, and not because I don't think uh, JT is the RB one. It, it's that fifth well, overall. I know why. Go ahead. I know why. Why? It's
2: because you take wide
1: receiver early. I do. And you hate taking running backs in the first round. Absolutely. So. That is exactly the reason. <laughs> that is exactly the fifth overall kind of gets me. There are some really good receivers I can have fifth overall. And if I got to pass on JT to get that, then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to take Derek I, Henry I think, I think.
2: I think if it's non-QB, I think I'd take him as high as third overall.
1: Really? So J- yeah. Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson and then JT is number three for you?
2: The JT's in that conversation.
1: Okay, fair enough.
2: The pe- depending on my mood the day, he's in that conversation at 3 4 I,
1: I can tell you've been talking to Gerson about this because Gerson gives me a hard time about this all the time as well, that I take receiver I, over running backs.
2: No, not at all, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: I, I just <laughs> I podcasted with you so long now. I know every one of your tendencies. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think fifth overall is is right where I'm, I, I'd be comfortable taking him. I typically want to get that stud receiver uh, early. So if this would have been second or third, I probably would have leaned the other direction. But it being fifth, eh, I'll bite.
1: Fair enough. All right, last one here. We're going to do this from a super flex standpoint. And we're going to look at two quarterbacks that were high on when they came in as rookies. And they've kind of gone opposite directions. Uh, Justin Fields, currently the QB seven and eighth overall. Uh, versus Trey Lance, who's the QB thirteen overall, and uh, I am mean, sorry, QB thirteen and twenty second overall. Uh, John, where are you going here with this one?
3: I've got to go, Justin Fields. I mean, no big buildup. I mean, Trey Lance is basically negative two seasons of experience right now, and I like the potential. Don't get me wrong; like, I know what he's. I know he's got the big arm. I was heavily uh, drafting Ayuk because I thought Ayuk fit his skill set so much better. Than Jimmy Garoppolo um, because of that big arm tendency to push the ball. Like, I know the potential is there, but we've got negative two seasons of production. So, I'm going to take Fields. Fields is one of seven quarterbacks that scored 20 or more fantasy points on a per game basis last season. Yeah. So, I think that can only improve if he kind of unlocks a little bit more of his passing ability. And he's got Trevor Simeon behind him and Nathan five interceptions and <laughs> one half Peterman, which should be his legal Love, name. God. Yeah. <laughs> and whereas like Trey Lance has still ha- currently, currently, has Jimmy G and Glock Purdy sitting behind him. Yep. So I know the path to Justin Fields starting, his leash is way longer. And I know that he's got another section of his game he can improve on and and get get better at so i'm i'm taking fields here
1: good point yeah good point about the quarterbacks behind them because you're right i mean there's no one that's on that team taking justin fields job for sure ryan what you got dude this is egregious the fact that he's going as qb 13 and brock
2: purdy is qb 17 is (laughs) just like (laughs) it's fantasy football malpractice like, it's absolutely <laughs> stupid. You're giving up. I would much rather and take a, one of the rookie quarterbacks, either one of the top two rookie quarterbacks. I would take Dak Prescott. Desha- I'd take Deshaun Watson. I'd give Russell Wilson another chance before I'm taking Trey Lance with uh, Sean Payton offense. Like, th- him at 13 is just absolutely bonkers. You're essentially saying, I'm going to give, I'm going to, as my QB one or two, give up my entire future on a dart throw on a guy who could lose his job to a guy getting drafted four QB spots later. It's crazy. I I can't believe he's at. And shame on everybody for taking the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a as a Niners fan, I I tend to agree with both of you that Justin Fields is the pick here, eighth overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trey Lance at thirteen kind of stood out to me, like you like you said, Ryan. I was kind of like, wow, he's still he's still uh, you know just below a QB one currently, and he's not. Uh, I showing think that thing getting
2: done so. A- over him. Yeah. And that's gross.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah that is gross. It, sure. it kind of is, but I feel you. Yeah. Can he pick it? I think I take him over him. Yeah. Or... I think that's the line for me. I think that's the line for me right there.
2: But yeah. you'd have to think about it.
3: I would have to think about it. If but
2: De- I... Deontay Johnson comes back.
3: Yeah.
1: Especially if he's, your, if he's your QB track. one. If he's your QB two, you could take the shot for the upside. But if he's your QB one, that's really, really risky for sure.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, spoiler alert. When we do this draft, I'm probably not going to like whoever ever has Trey Lance as their
1: QB. they <laughs> their team pretty high. Good stuff. All right, attention, Dynasty managers. We'll do something fun and unique for your leagues. For as low as eight fifty per person in a 12-man league, we do live one-hour personal league podcasts dedicated to your league. Uh, we break down every team in your league. We rank them from worst to first. Just visit goingfor2.com backslash PLP. Uh, for details and to book your podcast, we do Dynasty, we do Redraft, Superflex, Vampire Leagues. We have done a 20-team Empire League last year. Uh, again, that link is uh, goingfor2.com PLP. The PLP stands for Personal League Podcast, so go book yours now. All right, so we're actually going to look at a live draft here that is currently going on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up on the screen here so we can all see it. Um, so this this is a uh, courtesy of Brian Ford, who's uh, one of going for twos uh, writers. He kind of shared his link with us so we can kind of look at his league currently as it's being drafted. Uh, and We're going to go round by round here and just kind of uh, talk to the two of you and, and talk about picks that you like or dislike. Uh, and we'll start here in the first round where basically every uh, pick was a quarterback except for Jefferson and Chase. Uh, and Ryan, I'm going to go to you first here, looking at this draft here. What uh, what what picks stand out to you as far as what you like and what you don't like?
2: So, like, all the way through this first seven quarterbacks. The order may be different every draft, and I'm legit not going to complain about it. Like, if you like, I, I may not like Burrow at three, but. Him at seven is not a big difference to me. Like it's who you like. It's your flavor quarterback and that. Um, I think that the Deshaun Watson at ten is a real big stretch. And same with Dak Prescott at twelve in the first round. I think they're just instead of going all in on that quarterback trend, like they kind of just reached when they could have just tried to win on the positions and win with two mediocre quarterbacks, and they could maybe dominate the running back position with. Guys like Jonathan Taylor falling, I think they missed out on an opportunity there. Stretching on the quarterbacks, but like the first eight picks are pretty, or first nine picks, all pretty normal.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I look at it too. Is that the Sean Watson pick sort of stood out? Not only did it stand out just from the first round, but then you get into the second round and he takes Tua Tungavaioloa, who has some con- you know issues with concussions and everything. His quarterback room yeah. is going to be a little sketchy going into next year.
2: Uh, no, uh, Deshaun Watson was that guy's second first round pick. Oh, so you're right. He took, tr- he took Trevor Lawrence, then Deshaun Watson, which makes that pick even crazier to me because, oh my God, you could have a top six quarterback in the RB1 or a potential the wide receiver one with Jamar Chase there. Yeah. Like, ah.
1: Yeah, good good like, call on that. I, don't I, I like missed that. that. There. Yeah, I missed that the the pick was traded there, so I pulled it up his team. So yeah, you're right. He got this, Trevor this Lawrence. This is why. Then... This is
2: why I, could, I have an extra thirty dollars for PLP's. Andica
1: straight to my inventory. <laughs> Actually, all right. What about you, John? Anything else stand out to you besides the Sean Watson
3: pick there? I saw you shaking your no, head. No, I mean one. that that jumped out at me the same way it did as you guys, and I also missed that he had traded and taken uh, Lawrence there, um, where he did. Which, with Lamar Jackson still being on the board, actually kind of makes that one a little surprising to me as well. Um, but I don't hate it because you've got a young guy that really made strides in, in his second season. So, But yeah, the Deshaun Watson thing was the one that kind of stood out to me as being like, yeah, one of these things doesn't look like the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, let's move down into the uh, to the second round here, and this is uh, a tight end premium, so you'll see some tight ends mixed in here as well. I don't know if it's if it's one and a uh, half kick, or if it's two. Kicker,
2: kickers are rookie picks too. We kickers should,
1: are rookie's uh, pick, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: Justin Tucker did not go two point two.
1: Yeah, I hope not. Right. He All right. The so, John, you you go first this time. Any of these picks in the second round
3: stand out to you as far as good or bad? Um, I th- I think um, I th- I'm the Kyler Murray pick. Is I mean, right there at 2-1 was kind of interesting to me. Like, he didn't play like a QB1 this year. He had rage fits in the sideline like an angry toddler. The coaching situation has changed. He's coming off an injury. Like, I much prefer him in a dynasty format as opposed to redraft, but I thought that pick there was a little... Oh, I'm just now seeing that. Oh, here I am going on a rant, and that's, that's not even his first quarterback
1: the second quarterback. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to pull that up. Yeah. He got he got Josh Allen in the first at 102.
3: Yeah, I got to start paying attention.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think your point's still valid, though. I think, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, what's he going to be? You know, first of all, is he gonna, even going to play this year? I know it's Dynasty, so, we, you know, we're drafting for even the future beyond this. But, you know, does he even play this year at all? And then what's the offense look like when he finally does play? Because they have a different coach, different, you know, whole coaching staff is going to be different uh different weapons will probably be there because we already know d hop will probably be gone so uh a lot of question marks around him taking there at the 201
2: i'm the the opposite i like him there i have him as my qb9 after that big ride i think it's a little bit of a dip but him and josh allen's a really really nice start like i'm i'm okay with that because i think he's a lot better especially with the rushing upside than any quarterback you see the next gap for
1: yeah good stuff what about you ryan anything here stand out to you in the second round
2: um the first running I'm assuming that Justin Tucker picked with the one on one in the rookie drafts is Bijan John Robinson, the first running back off the board.
1: Yes, I would assume that would be I, I would like, assume the same.
2: Like we're assuming that's Bijan Robinson is the first running back and man. Exciting times.
1: <laughs> um so do you do you like to the pick there or do you not like to the pick there?
2: I got no beef with that. I just think it's, it's very like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It's very aggressive. It's really it's aggressive. aggressive. Like if you have him, Jamar chase and that hits and it looks like they have another first here pretty soon. Like I'm cool with it. And the fact that Jonathan Taylor fell RB three, I feel is a steal because all these other guys going and especially at two nine to pair of Jalen hurts or Nope. That's a lot. I did it.
1: Um, See where GQ football is. There he goes. He's got he got a whole bunch of running backs to start.
2: He got a whole bunch. So he traded he traded back out of the first round and got Jonathan Taylor. He has to be so happy for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he actually his quarterbacks are a little suspect. Tua Tungo Valoa, Trey Lance, we just talked about. Aaron Rodgers later on, but then he's got Jonathan Taylor, Etienne, and Eckler, Uh, and
2: and Josh Jacobs, and Kelsey. Yeah, and like that, I don't. You can survive with those quarterbacks. You have Rogers, who should be okay in Tua. To, to, they're not going to lose you games. They're solid, and then you got these huge boom players that he just stacked in rounds
1: two through four, yeah. two through
2: five. Like oh, Debo's there. This game's good. I like what he did.
1: Yep, you got Adams and Debo as his receivers. That's great. That's, and
2: that's
3: the good with that running back stable and Kelsey yeah that's this it. guy killed it I love it I think, I I think this shot. is a this is a good opportunity to mention too what you guys told me at the beginning of the show is that if if you have a draft like this if you click on the player's name at the top it shows you all this like I did not know that until tonight yeah it's, and that's awesome so this is no, this yeah. is a really when you see the full picture uh with the trades and everything else like this team all of a sudden looks
2: way better.
3: Yeah, one hundred. It looks
2: way. Be- this is a good team, man. Yeah, yeah.
3: It really
1: like, is. I, like
2: I would be afraid if I, every week, any week I played this team head to head, I would be scared because you have four running backs who could pop off. Yep. And yeah. get twenty plus points. The tight end one and two wide receivers who can go off at any time.
3: Yeah. And, it's a and crazy. Look at, team. Val- look at the value on Lockett.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the way down. Look there. at the
3: value on Lockett. Like he Lockett's stole been him. Pretty- Eleventh round. Lockett's always Lockett's always a steal. Yeah, that's just science. That's just. Science. I tweeted about that yeah. just recently. How like where his value isn't, but 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 to get him that late, like I, yeah, I kind of dig this team.
1: Yeah, it's a good yeah. team for sure.
3: Yeah, this is well done.
1: All right, let's move down into the. Uh, let's, let's skip down a couple of rounds here. Let's go all the way down to the fifth round here because I see a little bit a little bit of run on quarterbacks here in the fifth round, John. Uh, you know we got some receivers there uh towards the end and also towards the beginning there a lot of rookie picks go in this round as well what are your thoughts on this on the 5th round here
3: yeah that the 5th round is is interesting i like seeing uh some of the some of the rookie picks get in there um you see a pi- kind of a pile of those early on and i think that's a kind of a safe place to start you know dropping some some rookies in there i like I kind of like the value of DeAndre Swift there. Um, now I'm a, I'm kind of a Swift guy, um, so I'm still I'm still digesting the disappointment uh, from from this season. But uh, I kind of like him in that spot, and I'm just now seeing that that was the first running back he took. Wow,
1: pretty solid as far as the first running back he got him in the fifth round.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, assuming that we get a healthy DeAndre Swift, because we did see this year when, when DeAndre Swift was healthy, he was a player to, to be, you know, very proud to roster. So I kind of like where he went there. I think that's a good a good spot. So that was the first thing that kind of stood out to me.
1: Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Anything in this round that you liked or didn't like?
3: Uh, the,
2: what, the order the wide receivers went to is a little bit crazy to me. Like – Godwin Pitt and Pittman over Debo is a little bit questionable for me. Um, I think the cousins over Trey Lance is funny for how our conversation went earlier. Yeah. But you got yeah. you got you got rookie pick six, seven, and eight here. So I think it's a little bit of rookie fever. Like, we're getting some pretty solid dark throws at at that position at those positions there. Um before guys like Debo Samuel, who's proven before, like, even, like, Javante Williams or Madre Stevenson in the next round. I feel maybe a little more pro- comfortable with George Pickens, who goes in the next round. Like, I think we're stretching a little bit on these. Nick Chubb's in the next round. And, like, I no, – it's rookie fever. But, like, round five seems high
1: for pick six,
2: seven, and eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the one that's – What if I don't you're...
2: think – I on. don't think if you had Debo Samuel on your team, you would trade that for the one oh six. I yeah. don't think if you had Javante Williams on your team, you trade that for the one hundred and six. Yeah, I don't know how many people are doing that trade, or the one hundred and eight for that matter. And that's what's happening here.
1: Yeah, you. Sure. Like, it's,
2: it's rookie fever, and it's hard.
1: Good point. Uh, yeah, the one that stood out to me was like you mentioned the receivers and Godwin going at five hundred one. There, it was, uh, you know, we talked about him on the last on the last podcast as well. You know, Godwin being a little uh, overvalued right now because he's losing his quarterback and. That team probably gets pretty much blown up, and what does Godwin become after that? I do, I still like Godwin. I just don't know if I'm taking him over guys like you mentioned, Debo Samuel. I'm probably taking D.J. Moore over him, too. I mean, I know he had a little bit of a rough season to start, but he looked really good towards the end of the season. Uh, I'm not so can much we, in love with him. Can we talk Godwin. about
3: that for a minute, The Christian Watson over D.J. Moore? There? Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, that, that. – why? <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean – it's his uh, so his part-
1: wide receiver four, so maybe he was thinking get the uh, high upside guy. But I mean, I get still the want upside
3: him. guy. Yeah, may- maybe maybe it's the the upside play. But I, just looking at that, I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that I do that. DJ Moore just had the most touchdowns he's had in his professional career with an absolute ridiculous carousel of quarterback yeah. play. I mean, ridiculous. Um, it, it, this guy's a quarterback away from being a a, a legit, you know. Top ten guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, his, Chris,
3: Christian Watson's a mental breakdown away from having Jordan Love.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. See
3: perspective.
1: Yep. And uh, and and DJ Moore had his had his best game of the year with an XFL quarterback. He had that one ridiculous catch right. there to put yeah, and If he can do that, if, if we keep saying it every year, if only DJ Moore had a quarterback, what could he be? I mean, he could be amazing.
2: Uh, he, he's the oldest twenty five year old in the league. Right yeah, now. I, feel <laughs> like he, I feel like he the reals. I feel like I'm aging in dog
1: years. Is being like even more supportive. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent.
3: That's that's accurate. I feel that. All
1: right, let's skip down in here into let's go. let let's look at the seventh round here, guys. Seventh round, we got. Uh, let's see. J- Jamal Williams kicks off the seventh round. Uh, a couple quarterbacks in there. We got Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett. Uh, a few receivers, Brandon Ayuk and uh, Marquise Brown. A few more rookie picks in there. Uh, anything here staying out to you, John, in the seventh round?
3: Hollywood Brown at seven three. I am like, I mean, like heart symbol, like pumping, smash. Like, yeah, like like Bugs Bunny and the Merry Melodies cartoon, where it's like literally blowing out of his chest. Do that to me for Hollywood Brown at seven three. I am, I am in baby
1: especially if they trade away d hop right i mean even with uh right murray not going to be there at the beginning of the season i just think that brown's going to get targets like crazy
3: in that offense right and and he can succeed as a possession style receiver he can succeed uh you know as as a deeper threat than what he was utilized last year so yeah i love i love that value right there i think that's a great pick there i think it's a steal um that that's the first thing in round seven that really kind of stands out to me as being yeah nice. What about you, Ryan? What you got in this round here? Round seven. I feel
2: like I feel like I feel like he did this on purpose to make me talk about him back, back back weeks. But holy shit, J.K. Dobbins at seven eight. He <laughs> was at, Did we not watch the end of the season when he was just lighting it up and he was a top seven running back? from when he got, essentially when he got healthy at the end of the year. Oh, and now he has new offensive coordinator Todd Monken who has this ridiculous uh, successes uh, uh, with running backs at Georgia the last couple of years and he's not afraid to let one running back get all the carries when he didn't have more than 15 carries in the game last year and still was that productive. Dude, it's, it's J.K. Dobbins' season. And I think it's real interesting McLaurin and uh, John Dotson going this close to each other. And I'm curious if this order is the same in two months from now, because I think it's going to flip-flop.
1: Yeah. And I think it should. Yeah, that's a good point, because you're right there. Like,
2: Jahan Dodson is such an exciting young talent. I think he's going to creep up there. I like it. Like, very much so.
1: All right, so we're up against the clock here. I do want to get to a couple of these teams. There's three teams I wanted to look at that have three different strategies. We talked a little bit about one of them already, but... Uh, we'll start with uh, with the White Knight. Uh, he drafted at the one twelve, and he uh, he took one elite quarterback and then sort of punted his QB two. Let's look at that team real quick. So he got Dak Prescott at the one twelve, but didn't get his QB two all the way until eleven ten uh, with Brock Purdy. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, John, what what do you like this strategy and what don't you like about the strategy? Is anything the anything strategy you like?
3: So when it comes to Superflex, I'm a different animal, and I am I want elite early. Like I I typically want three quarterbacks or two. I'm sorry, two quarterbacks in my first three rounds. Um, And so to to it's it's one of the more valuable positions, positional scarcity, blah blah blah. So I like the idea of going aggressive at Dak Prescott um, there to get your elite guy taken care of. And I'd have been fine if he'd have picked someone, you know, earlier, with some upside or stability, right? So if you if you're drafting Dak Prescott, you know that that he does have some rushing touchdown capability. You know he's capable of throwing for three hundred yards a game. You've got kind of that that safe floor. So find yourself someone. Find yourself a Daniel Jones later. Find yourself uh, a Kirk Cousins later. Get yourself something. I. I don't like in a superflex. I don't like waiting that long to to drop another pick on a quarterback that may play, but that may not. So I really don't like that from the superflex standpoint of the roster construction.
1: Yeah, good call. And uh, Jamie's got a question in the chat, and it's just ironic because I got through a whole debate with this on on Facebook today. Uh, he wants us to, to explain the strategy of taking rookie picks in a startup. He's never done it before, and he can't imagine taking picks. You know, other than one through four, but, but by not knowing who's going to be there after that. And I kind of talked about this a little bit on Facebook, and I'll go first here. Uh, drafting the picks, to me, is the only way to do it pre-draft. Uh, I know some might want to do just, just the rookies, put the names in there. To me, because value changes so much, you know, you know, with the combine and the NFL draft comes up. Uh, and I pointed to the example I used on Facebook was Malik, Malik uh, Willis from last year. He was a top five-ish super flex quarterback last year at this time last year. But then the combine came, and then the NFL draft came, and he slipped all the way down to the third round. So I don't want the rookie picks' names. I just want the pick itself, because it, I think the value of the picks increases as you get closer to the draft, whereas some of the rookie names might lose value. What are your thoughts on that, John?
3: I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, because right now it's a number assigned to it. And and he's he's kind of right here. Uh, Jamie, is that that when you're doing it this way, we are thinking in terms of the first five, six guys that you can almost map out in in uh, rookie mocks and stuff like that. And beyond that, it gets a little murkier. Things kind of shift around. But after the combine and hype starts to build, you you kind of start to see in different mocks where you can get people. And and yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I think the value builds as we go. So, yeah, I do want to get some of those picks early on to know that I've got some flexibility and who I can look at there. And if I do a little bit more research than the other 11 people in the league, I might have a leg up and getting a stud.
1: Absolutely. And it's his follow-up question here, Ryan, goes exactly to what you always say at this time of year. And Yeah,
3: uh, I, I, I literally saw it. I'm like,
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to expand on that more. Like, yes, I don't think roster construction matters as much this time of year. But when you're taking the rookie picks like that, like – It's a good – it's a very good idea to have your – be realistic about it, which I kind of – we kind of talked about earlier in the draft on that straight where like six through eight went. Like if you're putting names to the faces before the draft, like I have – say, for example, I think Zach Evans is going to be a guy going that. I'm going to put that name to my face when I'm drafting. Am I going to take Zach Evans or Debo Samuel? Am I going to take Zach Evans or Nick Chubb? And that's how I'm going to kind of build my board for the rookie picks. Like, I have to have an idea how I value my rookies and do it. And most people aren't going to overvalue it. Like, a lot. if you're taking it this early, other than the top few picks, you want it as honestly a training tool. And you're, you're taking some chances here. I don't like... I like... but I like drafting both ways just because it's fun. But like, I think you have to have names and faces. Like, you have to have a very good idea to make it from a construction point. Like, he said if you're building your team and you do want to build your roster out and i take the 103 it could pigeonhole me if i'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jingba or i'm going to rage on running back yeah like that's where you have to, that's how you have to view it so it makes it a little bit of a struggle there but i think you can do it you just have to have a very very, very sound understanding of how you think the picture going to go
1: agreed and and you Ryan kind of glossed over a little bit but at this time of year Roster construction doesn't really matter because you can make no. So many I glossed it
2: because it I say it, I say it every time we talk about yeah startups because I don't care about construction at all right now.
1: Absolutely, you'll fill
2: out a roster. Everybody has needs, such as White Knight, who has no quarterbacks. Someone's gonna have to he's gonna have to trade for a quarterback at some point, and maybe he'll make a good deal. I don't know if I'm I don't love his team, so I don't I think he's not struggling. If I'm getting it, but I it's possible,
1: yeah. All right, let's look at uh, this guy. We looked at a little bit already, but I'll talk about it one more time here. Uh, GQ Football. He drafted here at the 106, uh, and he sort of took the approach of waiting on quarterback. We kind of talked about that already, about how he stacked his team with running backs here. But uh, just in general, not just with this team, uh, specifically Ryan, but in general, are you a wait-on quarterback, Superflex guy, or do you like to get your quarterbacks early? Um, It's all the flow of the draft for me.
2: Like, I don't want to reach on anything. And it, I think it worked out well for him. Like if you can slam the other positions and he also traded back and he did it efficiently, which a lot of times people do it, not having a game plan with it. He did great with that. Cause he got huge value in place, but waiting on the quarterbacks really tough. And even like how John mentioned how he likes to hammer it. Sometimes you got to dig when other people zag, but you, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And I think he did that. Like if he would have had these quarterbacks and not nailed running back receiver and tight end, we'd have questions, but he's going to be a really good performer in three different spots.
1: Yeah. Are you in the same boat, John? I know you see like the hammer quarterback earlier, but if you could just know ahead of time, this would be your team. Would you take this team?
3: Yeah. And this is a, this is a really good example of where I typically go into a draft with a mindset that, i'm I'm gonna be hammering that quarterback position early um if 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 there's an example that you could write to say this is the argument against going that route, this team is it um he he nailed these positions so well he got value in great places um so yeah in in this case yeah i I would take this team. And see what I could do with it because you're dangerous on three levels.
1: Agreed. All right, the last one I want to look at uh, we talked about a little bit already too. Uh, bought not borrowed. Um, we talked about Deshaun Watson being sort of iffy pick, but let's just take him out of the equation. Let's just say he got Trevor Lawrence, and let's just say either a Dak Prescott or a Kyler Murray type that we talked about being a little too low here. Um, John, this is sort of your strategy as far as going quarterback early, but did he kind of sacrifice too much? Cause he doesn't have a second, a third or a fourth round pick here. He skipped all those to
3: move up. What are your thoughts here with this team? It's, it was a lot to wager to get where he got. Um, I will say that. And I think he is, uh, mean he's, he's a little weak at the. At the at the running back position but what i do like is the value that he got at the wide receiver position he got both youth he got talent he got some good deals I, we talked about hollywood brown at seven three you gotta love that pick but uh sacrificing some of the rookie stuff there um you know as far as your your, your startup picks um or your rookie picks it, he he put a lot on the line, and, and I'm still like the, the biggest question is taking Deshaun Watson as early as he was taken there when there were some other names on the board that I think he could have gone with.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I, I think, yeah, that's there's no second, no third, no fourth round pick. Really kind of <sighs> hampers him. I think he got some great yeah. value towards the end there, but, I mean, he doesn't have that yeah. sort of standout guy that's going to be like, I can – Count on this guy every single week and, and plug him into my lineup and I just don't see that on his team right now.
3: Dalvin Cook at eleven three stupid, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That well, is, I think th- I th- think th- from th- a volume standpoint, getting Brian Robinson, who was like really yeah. heavily involved, like you know the guy's got volume, getting him at thirteen three, nope. I mean that mm-hmm. that's pretty that, good. Oh, it is,
2: Dude, his running backs aren't bad.
3: Pierce Henry Cook Robinson.
2: That's not
3: bad. It's not terrible. And he's got Damian Harris in the wing and, and Chuba Hubbard. I mean, there's some depth there. And then you've got your flyer at the end. you got Rashad Penny in 19. I mean, there's, there's some potential there. And if, you know what, if Chuba Hubbard doesn't hit, who cares? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you picked yeah, him yeah, in, 18, you, in the 18th round. What's it matter? You know, in retrospect, I know it's easy
2: to say, it, what he should have done. Is it that, that 110 he should have traded back to try to recoup?
3: Maybe that's what he dropped at first. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah,
2: he could have got Watson much later, but like he could have, even if he wasn't Watson, he wasn't another different good player. He could have moved back. And like I said, Jonathan Taylor went 2 9, Priest Hall went two ten. He could have dropped to the second round, still got the QB he wanted, and coming out without that.
3: Yeah, it's a yeah. Good, good call. Yeah, that's that's a really, really, really insightful point there. All right. Great,
1: uh, great conversation, guys. This is kind of new for us. We've never done this before on the show. I thought this would be kind of fun to break down an actual real-life drafting uh, league uh, and just kind of look at it from a value perspective. So appreciate all the insight, gentlemen. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our last segment of the night. Get ready for goingfor2.com's forgotten fantasy player of the week. All right, John, since the last time you were on, we changed this a little bit. It used to be you just give us your player and, and talk about him. But now we kind of uh, ask that you uh, kind of give us some hints around this guy and we try to guess who it is. So go ahead and give us a couple of hints for your uh, your forgotten fantasy player here.
3: Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, I will start with position. Um, he's a That's running a back. One. Okay. <laughs> running back. All right. Um that narrative I'm I'm specifically looking at 2013. Okay. Okay. He's an AFC East team. Okay. Okay. Uh he was well into his career at this point. AFC East. He was splitting carries with another running back, a younger one. Okay. He finished with almost 900 rushing yards. Did he have like 15 touchdowns? Not 15. He had, he had nine rushing touchdowns, and I think he had a receiving touchdown that season, too. Okay. AFC
1: East AFC, team. AFC. His
3: teammate, which was drafted much higher, finished with two rushing touchdowns, but a few more rushing yards. Yeah, see, I was thinking like
1: that's the the Le- LeGarrette Le- 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 Blunt range, but I think LeGarrette Blunt had like 15 touchdowns, so I don't, I don't think that's the right pick there.
3: Yep, yep, not 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 the right one. Um, I think you have the right. I think you have the right team though.
1: It sounds like a Patriots thing, right? That's what I—that's kind of why I went to, you know, two running backs.
3: It does. Now, yeah. now that I think about it, from not knowing who I'm talking about, yeah, I can totally see that. But I'm—I'm going to go ahead and play it's spoiler not, and say it's not a Patriot. Not a Patriot. Back. Okay. Oh, okay. No. I feel like he was the way way oh cheaper. God.
2: I think I know who the other running back is, but I don't know who. I think it is running back. Is it Miami Dolphins running back?
3: No. Oh. Wow.
2: No. No.
1: So, all right. So we were down to two teams. It's got to be the Jets or the Bills. In two thousand thirteen, was that C.J. Spiller's year? Fred
3: Jackson. Fred Jackson. Oh yeah, Fred Jackson. yeah. <laughs> yes. I was just yep. getting there. That's it. It was. That a, is it. C.J. Spiller was the high draft. He yep. That's, it, that's yep, exactly correct. right. He was <laughs> splitting carries with C.J. Spiller. Yes. <laughs> I knew. He was that. so. <laughs> Fred Jackson was so cheap, and you knew he was going to be involved, and you knew the guy could hit it in the end zone. And I remember drafting him that year, and I think he was, like, my second or third to the last pick and just torched. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he he was really good down the stretch, yeah, I think, got, too, he got, wasn't he? he? To
3: beat me in this. And I think he was in his 30s at this point. I want to say what? he was, yeah. I'd have to look, I want to say 30, he, he was 33 wise. years old at the time. Yep. He caught a bunch of passes, too, didn't he? Yeah, he caught a handful of passes that year, did pre- pretty well there. He had the one receiving touchdown, if I remember correct. Now I need to pull it up. But, um, yeah, yeah, Fred Jackson, that was my guy. That's that's a good pull. That's a good pull, absolutely.
1: And I was on that route, Ryan. You beat me to it, but I, I, I said Spiller. I was like thinking Spiller, and I was like, who's the other running back that was there? I couldn't think of his name, but you got him before me.
2: <laughs> it's funny. I thought of his name before Spiller.
1: Yeah, because when he said there's another what running back there, that? I was drafted higher. That's what I was thinking. I was like, all right, high draft picks where the the veteran uh, running back was basically better than him. That's why I was thinking of Garrett Blunt at that time, too. But uh, Yeah. yeah.
3: And it's funny because Spiller did finish with more yards, but, I mean, Fred Jackson just absolutely beat his butt in the touchdown department.
1: Absolutely. Good pull. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. All right, that wraps the podcast up. We'll go around the room real quick.
3: Uh, Give us your Twitter handle, and if you want to plug anything you're working on, we'll go to you first, John. All right. You can find me at John underscore Hesterman. And I've got a lot of stuff uh, coming up soon, shortly after the combine. We're going to do some really big uh, rookie breakdowns. I'll be doing more rookie profiles and, and kind of going through more rankings and trying to get those updated. Um, so that, that's the stuff I'm going to be working on shortly. Good stuff. Ryan, what you got going on? Uh,
2: normal stuff. Find me here. Number two, find me over the rookie big board. Uh, Find me on Twitter, Fox 534. Uh, we'll be putting out rookie profiles. I got sick when we're supposed to record, and this is going to a little bit, but hopefully we'll get those taken care of soon.
1: Absolutely. As always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 Like Ryan mentioned, we're going to be putting out the uh, short videos for rookie profiles. Uh, we already have a bunch of our written content, rookie profiles, on the site at goingfor2.com. Uh, Brian Ford, whose draft we just broke down, uh, is actually doing a lot of those. Uh, he's knocked out a bunch of the uh, the later round guys. we haven't talked about much of the high round guys yet. we've gotten some of the later round guys so go check that out over at goingfor2.com. Uh, we also have a superflex mock draft that we just did with a bunch of riders that uh, will be being released here shortly as well. Uh, so for Ryan, for John I'm Jeff and we will see y'all next week.